0: The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. One God. Amen. Just is a brief meditation on, on on the Gospel, which links from tonight also to the morning and to the liturgy as usual. But um, in this case, actually, we read half the chapter tonight, and we read the other half in the morning Gospel. And we read here an account of the disciples getting into a boat, and God, Christ, had actually told them to go before Him. If you read earlier on um, in these chapters. Um, the Lord had done the feeding of the multitudes, right? So he had fed everyone, had this great miracle, and then everybody left. And then Christ sends his disciples up ahead of him and says, you guys go ahead and I'll find my way. So the disciples went down to the sea where they got into the boat and they started heading towards Capernaum. And so it became dark and Jesus had not returned to them. And a great wind was blowing and the sea became rough. And so... Out of nowhere, after they've they've rowed about three or four miles, they see Christ coming to them walking on the water, and they're petrified. And so then he says, "It it's me, right? Don't don't be afraid." And so obviously they they were happy to receive him into the boat. And then what they found is that immediately the boat arrived where it was supposed to go. Right, whatever the distance was that was left, was gone. And so on the next day, the multitude that are on the other side they knew where Christ was heading right? So they see that there's only one boat, the one that the disciples had left in, and they knew that Christ had not left with them. So they knew that some kind of, of miracle had happened because only one boat left from their origin. And so I was thinking about this in the sense of that we often have doubts um, and fear, right? Whenever we face obstacles and our fear comes from us almost not wanting to have any kind of hardship, right? Of like this, this sense of like nothing wrong is supposed to happen. And so it's interesting to see what the reaction is, right? Like for the disciples here, they're they're anxious, right, and then they're afraid even when they see Christ walking on the waters. So even when Christ comes to them in his glory, right, they're initially afraid. Elsewhere, we see that they're in a boat and the storms are rough and they fall asleep. Or Christ is asleep, actually. Um, And he wakes up and, and he fixes the storm. And so it's interesting for us to see how our Lord deals with these things and what it means about our problems in the sense that he allowed them to happen. Most people would look at their lives today, and we hear this all the time, of saying, why did God even allow me to be in such and such a situation um to begin with right so there'll be a big question mark of how come um he even let me come to this country if i wasn't gonna be rich how come he like let me get into this school if i'm gonna fail my first year how come how come as though god is actively doing it and when we look at all of the testimony Scripture, we look at things like this god is not ever saying let things not be natural right it's actually very exceptional for him to override nature, right? Like this is the first time we see Christ walking on water, everywhere else he walked normally, right? Like a normal human being. He didn't float on clouds his whole time on earth just to show them that he could, right? He accepted the condition that they're in as an understanding that this is, this is the nature of the world. This is how things are, and that things need to be as they are, right? Storms are going to happen. Right, and so that's not the end of the world. It depends on where is my, where is my focus, right? And this is why, in the continuation of the gospel, we find out what is the focus. Is our focus on the show, right? Is our focus on saying like, I'm in this because I want stuff, right? As we've talked about many times, because when he gets at it, the side of the sea, the people ask him, Rabbi, when did you arrive here, right? And they're asking very like excitedly, and they already know that, like, something special happened. And Christ tells them without any, like, cover-up, just straight to their face, you're not asking about me because of me, right? You're asking because you just got fed on the other side of the water, right? And so you want food, right? But he said, and he didn't yell at them, or he said, just don't let that be your focus, right? Focus not on the food that perishes, but for the food which remains in our eternal life. Where he's like, this is, this is the goal, right? The goal is not like whether or not you got there in, in five hours. It's not about whether you passed first year or second year. Like these aren't the goals, right? These are all means. They're not wrong, right? But they're means towards the goal. So if your focus is on how rich you're going to be or what kind of miracles you have, you're not going to get there. And then they ask him, so then what do we do to do the works of God? And he said very simply believe me right which is what he said to the problem what was the problem the disciples right when they were all upset in the boat he says oh you have little faith right that's his his first reaction is oh you have little faith because he's like if you know who I am right and if you know what the goal is then nothing matters even death won't even matter right because I'm the conqueror of, of death nothing is going to be a problem if your focus is me because as we've repeated five billion times because I made you <laughs> Right, because you're in my image and likeness, and because the goal is not any of these things, the goal and the means um, are me. So he's saying it's so simple, if you believe me, if you believe who, I, who I, I am, who I say I am, you're not gonna worry, right? It's like a little kid in the care of his parents, right? Like a two or three year old doesn't know, or a one year old, right? Doesn't know um, what condition the family's in. Maybe the dad lost a job, he has no idea. Right? Maybe um, like a parent is extremely ill. they have no idea, right? Even they could lose a family member and the infant will have no idea. right That won't be a source of sadness. He just doesn't know. right And so in the same way, if, if I believe in him, none of these things have dominion over me. So then they said to him, which is the irony of it all, what then do you do for a sign? so that we may see and believe you. It's like, prove it, right? You're asking us to believe you, so prove it. And they just got fed from five loaves and two fishes, right? He just came walking on the water, and in spite of this, the response is, prove it, right? Which is why Christ doesn't entertain it, right? And that prove it is usually what, what our humanity is doing. We're usually saying, I don't know if I can rely on God. When did he do... X, Y, and Z. When was he there for me? When was he? And there will have been 5 billion things where he actively overrode nature on your behalf, right? In your own life, not just historically. And yet we'll come and be like, no, prove it. I don't I don't know. And that's why his response is, I'm not going to give you this sign. Actually, the sign that you're going to get is one that you're not going to understand. He, so they said to him, our fathers had proof because... God gave them manna to eat in the wilderness. He gave them the bread of life. The irony, obviously, again, in this is that they're using this as evidence of God giving a sign, but this wasn't even enough for the Israelites in the Old Testament, right? It's not like the Israelites took the manna and were happy, right? They took the manna and they complained and said, wow, you took us out of Egypt or we actually had a good life and now you're making us eat the same food every day? Give us meat, right? So even though they're saying that as though there was a righteousness in the act, there was no righteousness, Um, in the acts of, of the early Jews that had received the manna from heaven, right? But then our Lord tells them, Moses who gave you the bread of... It wasn't Moses who gave you that bread, right? So if you're saying prove to us who you are as though that's the sign of you, well, no, Moses isn't the one who did it. So that wasn't a proof of Moses, right, being a righteous man. It was God who gave you the manna from heaven, and it's now my Father who's giving you the true bread out of heaven, For the true bread of God is what comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. It brings it back to his own self again, right, as as Eucharist. And this is why the focal point of everything in the church is on Eucharist, is to bring everything back to Christ. And if all is in Christ, all can be restored. If all is in the self, all will perish. Glory be to God forever. Amen. We want to thank you so much for listening to St. Basil's podcast. We hope that you have gained spiritually from our remarkable speakers, and we appreciate your support towards this podcast. St. Basil American Coptic Orthodox Church is looking to purchase a home, and we would love for you to be a part of our community. We are looking to raise funds towards this novel mission, Orthodoxy in an American context within the San Diego area. You may donate online through our website, www.stbasil.net That's www.stbasil.net or click on the link below when it will take you to our donations page. You may also mail in your contribution at the address located on our website. We thank you for any contribution and may our Lord Jesus Christ always bless your heart and home.